that we live in today. It says in Psalms 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the world and all they that dwell in it. That's an encouragement to me because the devil would like to make us think that this is his world and these are his people. But that's a lie. The Bible is true and certain. This is the world. This world is the Lord's today and everybody in it is the Lord's. Everybody in this room right now, you are the Lord's and everybody out there in this city and in New Jersey and New, and New York, they are the Lord's. They just need you and I to claim them for Jesus Christ. Amen? And I'm excited to do that. To do like your pastor said. To be a part of the 70% who go and work our cities and reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my desire. What an honor it is to partner with Jesus in reclaiming the earth and those people who inhabit the earth. There's a verse that often gives me encouragement. And it is in Ephesians 3 and 20. You're going to know it. It's going to be what we're going to draw from today. As I encourage you with the word. It's Ephesians 3 and 20. It says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I like that part. That's the part we celebrate. He can do. This is talking about Jesus today. We came here to see Jesus today. And it's saying Jesus can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And that truth, that principle today, that promise applies to this whole world. It applies to the city of Portland, Oregon. I know that Jesus can do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think or dream or envision in my mind with Portland, Oregon. And it's the same right here in your township and in your county. Jesus can do more than you can ever ask or think with the city and the township that you live in. And the truth applies to you today and to your family today and to your friends and your co-workers. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think today with our lives if we just put them in His hands and allow Him to do what He wants to do today. Amen. I want you to know if you occasionally look in the mirror and you are disappointed with the reflection, if you're disappointed with where you are in your life right now because of maybe some bad decisions or perhaps sin or somebody mistreated you and it has affected you deeply and you don't like what you see in the mirror and you don't have a lot of dreams or vision for what God could do with your life, I want you to know there is a verse for you today because God can do great things with your life. He can do exceeding abundant above all that you ask or think with your life today and I am excited and I am thankful for that today. Now, this above all that this verse talks about, that's talking about the miraculous, the unexplainable, the things that are beyond our understanding and our comprehension. I can't tell you how excited I am that your pastor was reflecting on Thursday night's Bible study because it's going to work good here today. We're going to connect really well. But God has this plan to bring the miraculous, the unexplainable, his kingdom, as pastor is teaching, to this earth. And when he does that and he demonstrates his kingdom on this earth, it's beyond comprehension and understanding at times. And he wants to do that in your city and in your life today. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom to you in such a way that it will be beyond comprehension and explanation and understanding. Now, there's more to the verse because God wants to do the miraculous. And look how he says he's going to do it. 
He will do it according to a power that worketh in you. Think about that. God wants to bring his kingdom here. And he will do it through you. You see, the verse doesn't say that the power that God's going to use to do the miraculous, the things that he will leverage to do miracles in your life and in this city and township. He doesn't say it's on a train coming from Chicago. And he doesn't say it's out in the galaxy somewhere waiting to be discovered. But he says specifically, it's inside of you. As your pastor said today, you are extremely important because what God wants to do in this area involves you. He wants to do it through you. And again, that's why the devil is after you, because the devil sees how powerful you could be in Jesus Christ if you get a hold of this thing and realize it. Because God, in His wisdom, and I don't understand it, has designed a plan to bring His kingdom to the earth through you and through I. I don't know if it's a good idea because some days I'm not as consistent as I should be and I'm not as certain as I should be. But it's a design that God has set up and I can't change it. But I can get involved in His design and I can say it's not about me, but it's about Him. And I just need to do what He's asking me to do so that He can bring His kingdom the miraculous to this earth and to my life. And so here's the truth of the matter today. And that is that revival and miracles are not coming here. Revival's not coming with an evangelist from somewhere. While I love evangelists, but miracles are not coming with some man that's going to be in your schedule someday. They are already here, and I know where they are. They are inside of you. And Jesus will give birth to them. He will develop them, and He will loose them to do something mighty in your life and in this church and in this area. Hallelujah. And I am thankful for that today. And so there is much inside of you that Jesus would like to use to bring about something miraculous. And I want to talk to you about a few of them today, one specifically. But before we hit the specific, let's hit a couple generalities really fast. I want you to know today, again, God is developing things in you that he shall utilize to change this earth and to change your own life. You are key. You are a critical key in having something miraculous happen today. Now, the first thing that I would say that's inside of some of us is here today that God wants to utilize is there is power. Because the Bible is very clear in Acts 1 and 8. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, right? And so we know if we happen to be here today and we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Bible says, as they did in the New Testament, the experience that they had, then there is power inside of us. And your pastor's right. The power's not there just to say, your soul and make you some kind of mighty Christian. But God put the power in you because He wants to use the power to change the earth that we live in today. Because the Bible is very clear that you are a vessel today. You are not a vault, but you are a vessel. That's important because God uses vessels to pour things out upon this earth. And so when God pours power into you, He wants it to flow out of you and change your city and your life and your family. Family. He's not looking for us to be 
vaults today. He doesn't want you to be some spectacular hoarder. You're blessed here. You're blessed with the word. You're blessed with his spirit. You're blessed with testimony. And every time you come here, you're experiencing things other people are not experiencing in this area. And that's wonderful. But we can't become professional vaults and just receive and not give. But God's design is that we freely receive and that we freely give that which we have received. And if we do that, our world will be changed. Our cities will never be the same because power will be flowing through us. Anybody here ever heard of the Dead Sea? Yes, the Dead Sea's got a problem. It's dead. It's not rocket science with me. Very simple. It's dead. And there's a reason why it's dead. It's dead because it receives more than it gives. And I assure you of this. You can receive the best, but if you don't share it, you will die. You will die. That's why we look at people sometimes, not to be judgmental, but just being honest with you today. That's why sometimes we look as pastors and ministers at people in our churches and we scratch our head and we think, my goodness, why could they be lost? They've been to church all their life. They've been filled with the Spirit. They've been baptized in Jesus. They know these things. Why could they be lost? And we scratch our heads. But I think it's pretty simple. Don't be a hearer and not a doer or you will deceive yourself. Because if you're always receiving and never giving, despite how majestic what you are receiving is, one day you'll be like the Dead Sea. You're going to be full of good good stuff, but you're going to die. That's why the Bible says it's rivers, not ponds, not lakes, not something that's stagnant, but there has to be a flow. And when there is a flow, that's when there is life and change and the world is fruitful. And so for you and I, God's designed for us to be a river, to be a vessel, and He's going to pour His power in and He wants it to flow right out of you. And as it flows through you, it's going to change your city. It'll change this church. It'll change your life as well. And so you have power today. And you're receiving. But you must freely give. And if you do that, the above all is going to happen. It's off the screen. They tricked me. The above all is going to happen when you do that. Why? It's the design of the Lord. Another thing that's inside of you, and I can't talk this about this too long. But the other thing that's inside of you that's very important today, and we need this message today because of the ridiculous, disgusting stuff that's happening in our world today. But there is something unique and special that is inside of you that God wants to utilize to change this earth. And that is his love. What does the world need now? Love. But it's not an earthly love. The world needs a heavenly, faithful, divine, unconditional love. Not some earthly, conditional, inconsistent, unfaithful thing that we call love. But it needs love. What love? That one up there. God is love. Amen. And we need His love upon this earth. Working through you and I to change this culture that we live in and change this world that we live in today. Amen. And what I want you to know is this. If you have been spirit filled you don't just have God's love on you you've got God's love inside of you and that's what makes all the difference in the world the Bible says in Romans 5 and 5 and hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is 
poured out, it's shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto you. That's what's so beautiful about receiving the Spirit. When you're being Spirit-filled, you are being love-filled. And it's not an earthly love, but it's a heavenly, unconditional, divine love that changes who you are. And God would like His love to be flowing through you into this world, that this world might be changed today. Amen? How wonderful is the love of God. I'm so thankful for the love of God today because it saved me and it saved you and it's for everybody. It's not partial at all. It's not conditional at all. I want you to know today the love of God is not based on how you behaved yesterday or last night or how you will behave tomorrow because the love of God's not about you and it's about about me, but it's about Him and His desire that no one would perish. And when it's flowing through your veins, through the Spirit... You see the world differently. Amen. You see the world the way that Jesus sees the world. I've been enjoying my time in New Jersey and New York. And as I walk through public places, the love of God that's inside of me has been grieving me. As I've seen all these people that need Jesus. And I've been thinking, oh God, uh, oh I, I was walking through a grocery store and I was seeing people. I was thinking, oh, I could see that person say, I could see that person say. I was having some kind of dreams about what these people could do for Christ. And, and my heart was being stirred as the Holy Spirit was kind of reaching out. And trying to grab a hold of him inside of that grocery store. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me that where I was standing there was no church. And I begin to think, oh God, how are all these people going to be saved? How's that man going to become a pastor? How's, how's she going to be a mighty prayer warrior? How's she going to become a pastor? How's this going to happen? How's that going to happen if there's no church here? Because we're in a world that needs Jesus. Amen. And why do I think that way? It's not because I'm special and it's not because of me at all, but it's because there's a love inside of me that's stirring me that is not my own. And it stirs my heart for everybody that I meet today. And so there's power in you and there's love in you and there's many other things. But now I focus on the main thing today for this moment that we share. The main thing today is faith. Faith. Everybody here today is carrier of faith. Even if it's your first time in church in months, there's some faith inside of you. It could be your 1,000th church service, and there's faith in you as well. Everybody here today has faith in them. There was a time, some spectacular moment, when you were being created. And Jesus came along because he's interested in our creation. He's watching. He's taking some responsibility for that, according to Jeremiah. He comes along and he puts just a little bit of faith in your DNA. He did it with a twinkle in his eye because he was thinking, oh, there's going to be a day when he's going to give this faith back to me and I'm going to do a miracle with it. Whenever you were being created, sister... Jesus was there watching, and he showed up, and he put a little bit of faith in you. And he was thinking, one of these days, she's going to give me that faith back. Oh, and when she does, I'm going to do something exceeding abundantly above all that she could ask or even think. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is how much God loves you. He gave you a head start. He put just a little bit in you. 
And so everybody here today is a carrier of faith. And that faith, no matter how large the measure is, is mighty when it is in the Lord's hands. And that's why he desires the faith that he has given you. He would desire it back because he wants to change the earth through you. And that faith is a part of it. I think of it this way. Your faith is the fuel for his fire. Your faith, no matter who you are here today, your faith is the fuel for his fire that he would like to release upon this earth. And even in your life today, if you've been needing some rescuing yourself today, your faith is a critical element of that rescue. What? Your faith may not save you. God's going to save you, but your faith's going to motivate you to go running in his direction. Your faith's going to help you believe that he is the answer to your need and the rescue that you actually need. But our faith is fuel for his fire. It's why it is so very important. And the Bible demonstrates frequently to us how important faith is in our journey and also in this life, this earth that we are upon. Let's look at one verse as an example to you. It's in Luke 22, 31 through 32. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, he's talking to Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. That truth remains the same today. I want you to know Satan wants you today and he would like to sift you as wheat. He's on your heels. Why? Because you are a concern to him. You are a threat to him. And when you realize how powerful you are in Jesus Christ, you can destroy his kingdom upon this earth. That's why he's so disturbed by you and he is chasing after you. So the truth remains for us as it was Simon. The Satan is after us. But then it says, but I have prayed. I think the Lord's still praying for you and I today. I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou hast or art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I think this is so awesome because you and I both will probably agree. There are so many things that the Lord could have prayed for Simon. Couldn't he have just prayed, Lord? Couldn't the Lord have just prayed, I cast the enemy into the sea and it would have all been over with? Could he not have said something like, I, I pray that there is a hedge of protection around you and the enemy cannot break through it. Problem solved. Proceed forward. There are so many things that could have been prayed, but that's not what the Lord prayed. The Lord prayed for his faith because faith is so powerful. And so the Lord simply says, I pray your faith does not fail you. And when you are converted, you will be a great strength to the people of God, to your brothers and to your sisters. Because there's something about our faith today. Now, I'm going to probably agree with you. When the enemy's coming against me, I would rather Jesus just remove me out of the scenario. When I am in a storm... I would prefer Jesus just get me out of the storm. But I find He doesn't do that. Because removing me from a storm does not grow me. It just takes me away from adversity. But it allows me to be the same. And God doesn't want us to be the same. He wants to develop and grow us. And so what does the Lord do every day for you? I think every day Jesus is praying that your faith doesn't fail you. Because He knows if you keep putting your feet in front of your other foot, that one of these days you're going to get 
beyond the attack of the enemy. You're going to get out of your storm and you're going to be greater than you ever were before. And with the strength that you will have, you will be a blessing to the church. You're going to be a blessing to your city, to your family, to those around you today. So my prayer is the same for you. I pray your faith does not fail. We just prayed for two brothers here today. One's going to college. I'm excited for you in your last year. And I've got a simple prayer for you today. I pray your faith doesn't fail you. Because if your faith doesn't fail you, you're going to have a good year and you're going to come out with the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for everyone today the same prayer. Our faith does not fail us. And whenever we endure, we're going to be an incredible reflection of Jesus Christ. Things are said often regarding faith and miracles. When a miracle is happening, there's usually faith somewhere around the miracle. Things are said like, Thy faith hath made thee whole. According to your faith, great is thy faith. Or if ye have faith. But normally if a miracle is happening, faith is lurking around somewhere because it's so tethered and connected to the miraculous. Now, too often I witness this. That people miss out on the miraculous because there is more fear in their life than there is faith. Both churched and unchurched people miss out on the miraculous, the above all, because there's too much fear inside of them and not enough faith. Think of it this way. There are two beasts inside of you. One is fear and one is faith. And the one you feed will be the dominant and it will control you and it will control your direction and what happens in your life. Now, here's what I want you to know today. I do not believe that fear can shut down the miraculous power of God. No, 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 no. But I do believe that fear can move you out of position to receive the miraculous power of God. This is why the devil works so hard to cram you with fear, to feed the fear inside of you, that it would grow up and it would take a hold of you and move you out of position to receive the miraculous and to be involved in the miraculous. And so I'm encouraging you today and I'm looking to feed your faith today and I'm looking to deal a blow to your fear. That's inside of you today, because when you leave this place, I want your faith to be raising up so that you will be in a position for the miraculous and God can do the above all in your life this week, not just this morning, but this week when you're out there with the rest of the world. And so we must understand we cannot let fear win out inside of us. We have to resist fear when the devil's trying to cram it down our throat. Amen. Now, here's a prayer I pray. I pray, Lord, let the church have the same confidence in themselves that the devil has in them. Because the reason your pastor said it, the reason the devil's after you is because of his confidence in you. He knows you will be unstoppable if you are a person of faith. And he cannot handle you being unstoppable. So he chases after you because he sees your potential. And sometimes we're in a corner and we're having a pity party, but the devil really sees our potential. There is not much more greater than you when you are in Jesus Christ and you are a person of faith than anything else on this earth and you become a great threat to the devil. It's why he's after you today. 
I don't say that to be negative. I'm saying that to try to pump you up a little bit. To put a smile on your face. To tell you this. It doesn't matter what the world says or the devil says. You are important today. You are significant today. And God has a plan for your life. And He wants to do miraculous things through your life. If you will let Him today. And you will be who God's called you to be. And so the devil sees it and he's working it. But I've come here today to feed your faith a little bit and encourage you a little bit in that faith today. Because I want you to know as your pastor's trying to teach to you and he's directing you and leading you, you are a mighty people on this earth. A mighty people upon this earth. Now there's things we can learn about faith. We'll move quickly here. We are aware of the time. The first we find is in Matthew 17 and 20. It says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Do you see that? This is why the devil is afraid of you. And this is why the devil's afraid of the faith inside of you. Because the Bible, if you believe the word today, I believe the word today, just said that when there are mountains in our way, all we have to do is unite our voice with a little bit of faith inside of us and speak to mountains, and mountains will be cast into the sea. Am I the only one excited about that? That's the truth. That's you. That's talking about you, not just pastor, which we love and not just missionaries and not just apostles. That's not that's talking about you. You have enough power and authority and faith in you that if you would mix your voice with that and elevate it all, you could speak to mountains and they would have to be removed. Why? Not because I said it, because it's written in the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is right there. What am I saying? God's not surprised by mountains. I haven't had one time where I went running to the Lord and said, oh, God, I didn't expect this coming. And Jesus said, I didn't expect it either. What are we going to do? Never has that happened because we know he's not surprised and he has an answer for every mountain. What is it? It's the faith in you and it is your voice. If you raise your voice and your faith and you speak to mountains, they will be removed. God will respond in your obedience to this word and God can change the earth through that. How many of you know that we celebrate when it says with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible? We love to rally behind the truth that with God all things are possible, right? And that's exciting. But did you see the end of this verse? And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Game changer. That's what the devil doesn't like. He's got to accept that God can do anything He wants. But He don't want to accept that you could do anything you want if you are in God's will and you are living according to a faith that's inside of you. He doesn't like that reality. And that's what the Word of the Lord says. It says when you and I unite our faith that's in us and our voices with the Lord's will and we speak to challenges and situations that are before us, with us anything becomes impossible and God can do something mighty through you and I. You know one of the reasons why I celebrate, of course, Pentecost Sunday, because Pentecost Sunday is the day that humanity was resurrected. On the day 
On Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. On Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of humanity because that's when God poured out His Spirit upon all flesh and all of a sudden resurrection power is inside of humanity. And what does that do? That makes you and I something that experiences the impossible. It makes us like this. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Why? Because I've been resurrected by His power and by His Spirit and He can do anything through me if I will leverage the faith that I have. Amen? And so, there's more to behold. This is very important. Sometimes, mountains are not just a crisis. And sometimes, mountains are not just addictions or marriage issue. It's not just a job issue. But sometimes, the Bible teaches us, as pastors have been talking about, mountains are kingdoms. And there are kingdoms that have possession of Hamilton Township that should not have possession of Hamilton Township because they are of spiritual wickedness and wickedness in high places. They are the devil's kingdoms and they shouldn't have their dirty little fingers on this township and in Hamilton. And you know what? God's got an answer for them. What is it? Thank you, my friend. It is your voice and your faith. You can speak to kingdoms and you can serve them notice that they are no longer welcome here and that they shall be cast into the sea because there is a greater kingdom that's being raised up in Hamilton and it is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this with all my heart. I know where the highest point is in Portland, Oregon and I can't wait to regularly plant my feet there and I'm going to look to the north, south, east and west and I'm going to serve some dark kingdoms notice that they are not welcome in the city anymore. But there is a greater kingdom that is coming to Portland, Oregon. And it will be raised no matter what the world has to say or think. You have that power today. I'm telling you, God needs you as the church to begin to use your voice and speak to kingdoms and let them know they are no longer welcome here. For God's kingdom is coming and you will use your voice for that purpose. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let your kingdom come. We serve notice to the devil, to darkness in this city, that they are not welcome here any longer. There is a great kingdom that is coming through this church, through these people. We cast the darkness into the sea right now according to our voice and the faith that's with us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not welcome here, darkness. You are not welcome here, sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. A couple more quick points. I have to move very fast here. Quick points. I find it doesn't take a lot of faith to move mountains. It says a mustard seed. And you can speak to the mountain and be moved. But I find that it does seem to take a lot of faith to experience such a great God in all of His fullness. It takes a lot of faith to get what God's doing sometimes. And I believe that as our faith matures, our relationship with Jesus matures. Because the more faith we have, the more we see Him. 
the more we can hear him, the more we feel him, and the more he works through us. It's connected to our measure of faith. While we were all given a small measure, the exciting news is the measure can grow. And as the measure grows, so does your walk with the Lord grow. Because the more faith you've got, the more you see, hear, experience, and understand of him. And that's why we must desire that our faith matures. The Bible says in Romans 1 and 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You see that? So every time you take a step and your faith grows, wow. I didn't know you could do that, Jesus. Because... His righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. The more faith you've got, the more you see his righteousness. The more you see his holiness. The more you see his splendor and his power. And so that's why it's so exciting to live for God with all you've got. Because every time you take a step, you're like a kid on Christmas. You're like, I didn't even know you were working there, God. I hadn't seen you there before. But you are there. And then you take another step. Whoa. I didn't know I could see things like that in the Bible, God. I've never seen that in that scripture before. But I just saw. And then you take another step. Because as your faith is growing, you are able to experience more of him. That's my desire. It's like, Lord, enlarge my heart. Grow my faith. Because just little old me is not enough to experience all of who you are. But it is my desire to experience all of you who you are. So grow my faith, God, that I might see you more and experience you more and walk with you more. I love moving mountains, but I'll tell you what i like walking with jesus even more i like being close to him i like holding his hand and i've got to grow my faith in order for that walk to actually occur and so guess what god's given us things that will grow our faith the bible says in romans again the bible teaches you and i in romans it says so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god and so the bible grows your faith Now, I'll say it again. You don't have to have a lot of faith to have a miracle. If you're here today and you haven't been here in a while and you need your sins washed away, you need to be filled with the Spirit, you need a miracle in your body, you got enough faith right now to have that happen. But if you want to continue to grow in the Lord, you need this book. A lot of it. I need a lot of this book right here. Because faith cometh by hearing. Think of it this way. Whenever the Word is open, faith comes running to the front row. Because I find this, the way that fear grows is by consuming you. But the way that faith grows is by consuming the word. The word. So if you want your faith to be greater than fear, you got to get the book. you got to eat the book. And this is so uh, interesting. It's such a treat to your faith that as soon as the word starts to come, faith comes running to devour it. I think maybe in one of our military branches, there's a word called post. Anybody familiar with the military? Post is basically attention. Come to attention. I've got a pastor friend, Pastor Drake. You may know him. He's in North Carolina. He's military all the way, and he's trained his kids that way. And when he wants them, he'll yell, post! And they all come running, and they... Like this. That's your faith. 
When the word is open and your pastor starts to teach and preach, it's like something says post and your faith comes running to the front and says, please give it to me. I want it. I want to consume it because I want to grow. And so the faith inside of you is hungry. And I want you to know when you read this book, even if there's not goosebumps on your neck, it's still electrifying. It's still connecting with the faith inside of you. And the faith is eating on it and it is starting to grow. It's why we come to church every service. Because when I hear pastor preaching and teaching, something's happening to the faith inside of me. And when I leave, I can see Jesus a little better than before I came to church. Because something just happened with my faith. The next thing the Bible teaches us that did helps our faith is the demonstration of God's power. And Paul talks about it. And he says in verse uh, 3 of 1 Corinthians 2, he says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. He was saying, look, I could have come with eloquent speech and I could have really laid it out in front of you, but I didn't come that way because I don't want to build your faith in me. I want to build your faith in Him. So he said, I come with a demonstration of spirit and power because that will establish your faith in God and grow your faith in God, not in a man. If you want your faith to grow, you just need to say, God, let me see the demonstration of your power. Lord, do a miracle before my eyes. I want my faith to grow and I want to be changed forevermore. When we were missionaries in the Samoas, we literally watched God heal a paralyzed man. They carried him into the church. He could not walk. He walked out that day. I witnessed it with my own eyes. What am I saying? I'm never the same again because God grew my faith as I witnessed Him do a miracle with my own eyeballs. If your faith's been suffering, just start saying, God, demonstrate your power to me today. Show me a glimpse of your glory today. And when He does, your faith will be established again and there will be growth. Two more reasons. The next one is this. Your faith is so important because it opens the windows of heaven for others. In Mark 2 and 5, when Jesus saw their faith, He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. This is a moment when four men are carrying another man. He's laying on a gurney. He's worried about his soul and his body. He's sick of palsy, very likely going to die soon. And four men are carrying him, trying to get him to Jesus. And when they get to the house, the Bible says the house is full of people and they can't get in. But they are determined. So they take him up on the roof and they open the roof and they lower him to the feet of Jesus. And this is what Jesus did. Let me be Jesus for a second. This is what Jesus did. I'm sure he was probably a little shocked. They opened the roof and lowered him. And he looks. And he looks up there. And he sees their faith. It doesn't say he saw his faith and forgave him of his sins. He saw their faith. And forgave him of his sins and healed his body. This is why you're important. Because your faith can open the windows of heaven for people who have no faith. Your faith 
can get people to the feet of Jesus who cannot get there on their own. Your faith is important to this church. Your faith is important to the people around you because there's some Thursday nights where we come and we're weary and tired and our faith is struggling. But then I look over and I see my brother and he's worshiping and he's continuing on and I am encouraged by his faith. And now my faith is rising a little bit as I see my brother's faith and my sister's faith. It's the same for you. Your faith is powerful because it's going to open up the windows of heaven for Hamilton and for the surrounding areas. And God's not going to look at their faith. He's going to look at your faith and He's going to heal bodies and He's going to save souls. Hallelujah. Thank you for that truth today, Jesus. And I will close with this. We must always be aware of a constant battle between faith and intellectual mentality. I said it that way because we sang about it. There is a constant battle between faith inside of you and your mind. I will celebrate intelligence with you. But sometimes intelligence gets in the way. And human reasoning becomes a problem. And I will tell you that for me, I've delayed the miraculous power of God before because I wanted to understand everything. And I got in God's way because a simple explanation of a miracle is it's something you will never understand or be able to explain. And so here I am. This is how ridiculous I can be. Oh, Jesus, I really need this miracle. God, do the work. And then seconds later, if you just help me understand. I'm not against understanding and God's not going to leave you in the dark. But sometimes things are beyond our comprehension and our understanding. And God's looking at me, shaking his head. He does that a lot, at least with me. And he's shaking his head. He's saying, what are you trying to do to me, Chad? Do you want to understand or do you want a miracle? You can't have both. And this is what we have to do. Now, we are a North American church, and I'm North American. We are blessed with education and knowledge. I've traveled the world, and I have realized for myself how blessed we are with our education and what we actually know about everything. And that's a beautiful thing. Don't sign a contract you don't understand. But let me just say this carefully in this way. Don't bring that to church, because it gets in God's way sometimes. Because we're trying to make God help us explain everything, and God sometimes just wants to say, Chad, get out of the way so I can do what I want to do. Trust in me and have faith in me and let me do the work that I want to do. And so here is a truth. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. It does not say without human reasoning, without understanding, without intelligence, it's impossible to please him. It says without faith. On the contrary, it says lean not on your own understanding. God said in my house, put your knowledge and your intelligence away for a while and just get your faith out and let me do a miracle that you can't understand, that you won't be able to explain, but you will celebrate it when I am finished if you will just trust in me and allow me to do what I want to do. Here's the challenge for me and you. We are trying to filter heavenly things through earthly minds. And that's futile. What would be great is we filter heavenly things through something heavenly like faith. 
Amen. That will help us to get where we want to go with Jesus. And so I challenge you, don't just filter it through your mind and your experiences and your understanding, but filter what the Lord is trying to do through the faith that's inside of you that says, I don't have to see to believe. I will believe so that I might see. And if we will be that church, we are going to get our own building one of these days. And some other things are going to happen. We won't be able to explain it. You with me? Here's what I think. We don't need reason. We need revelation. We need revelation. While human reasoning feeds fear and limits God, a spirit of revelation will feed our faith and loose God to do what He wants to do. My pastor says it like this. He says, a man can give you a message and another man can take the message. But he said, when God gives you a message, ain't nobody going to get it. And that's what revelation is. It's a very simple message that everything in the book is right and it's for your life. It doesn't necessarily mean you are going to understand everything in the book, but you're going to be reading that book about baptism and it's going to hit you like a bomb. And you go, whoa, that is how I should be baptized. And you're going to get a revelation. Then you're going to see everybody else was baptized that way, too. And when revelation comes, you're getting a message from the Lord. And no person will take the message. No illness will take the message. No doctor's report will take the message. Because when Jesus gives you something, it enlarges your faith and nobody can take it away from you. And so if you want to seek something, don't seek reasoning. Seek a revelation of the Spirit. Say, God, just give me a signal. Just give me a sign that it's right and I will Embrace it and I will run with it, God. And I will hold on to it, Jesus. This is a battle we all face. It is. This battle between faith and our minds and our reasoning, we all face it. We see it in our example. You can come to the music. If you if that's not customary, I'll start humming in a second. I don't know if I can hum and preach at the same time. But we're, we're closing. This happens. This battle happens with all of us. There's a time in Scripture, I think it's John 15. Mary and Martha lose Lazarus, a loved one. Lazarus gets sick. And Jesus sends them, or excuse me, Mary and Martha sends a message to Jesus. And tell him that he's sick. And Jesus sends a message back. He's only about two miles away. And he says, it's not unto death. Yes. Right? And then Lazarus dies. What is going on? So now it's been three, four days. And Jesus finally decides he'll come to town. And Mary and Martha are not only grieving, but they're confused. Because they believe Jesus. Because they understand who he is. They've gotten a revelation of Jesus. And so now not only are they grieving, but they are confused. And it's weighing on Mary. She doesn't even leave the house. But as Jesus is coming, Martha leaves the house. And Martha meets Jesus on the road. And she says, oh, if you had just been here, Jesus. But then she demonstrates a little morsel of faith because she says, well, you know, you have a connection with the Father. You could maybe still do something. So then Jesus starts to coach her and rally her a little bit. You know, Martha, you know, if you believe, you'll see the glory, right? Yeah, I believe, I believe, and I believe I can see the glory. So he rallies Martha a little bit. You can read it. It's there. 
And then they start walking and they eventually they get to Lazarus's tomb. And now Mary's there and a whole bunch of other people. All right. And Jesus looks at Martha. Remember, he rallied her. Yes, she's ready. And he says, Martha, remove the stone. And the battle begun between faith and her human mind and human reasoning won. And she looked at an all-knowing God and she says, now, Jesus, don't you know he's going to be stinking? This is not a good idea. He's been in there at least three days. He's going to be smelling and she's telling Jesus, this is not a good idea. Because human reasoning won. And in my interpretation, Jesus responds to her and basically says, didn't you say you would believe to see? And in his own way, he tells her, I don't need you to explain this to me. I just need you to have faith and obey and get the stone out of the way. And when she did, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, her dream, her family, her loved one came back out of the grave. And what am I saying? The battle's there for each and every one of us. And I find when God's ready to do a miracle, he will ask us to do stuff that don't seem very smart. But it's in his book. And I stand there in my human reasoning. I'm thinking, I'm, t- I'm explaining to God why this is a bad idea. I've done that. And God's looking at me and he said, Chad, would you just believe and get the stone out of the way? So I can do what I want to do. And I believe it's the same for you. So I encourage you today. You lean on faith. Not on your intelligence and your reasoning, okay? Because there is glory in faith. There is miracles in faith. It's limitless. But your reasoning will hold you back when it comes to the things of the Lord. And so I'm challenging you today. Lean on your faith and fill the house. Be the 70% because you see who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And force Jesus, can I say it that way, to have to give you a building. Because I believe you're a pastor. You can put the Lord in a position where he's got no choice but to open up a space for you. Because God wishes that none would perish. And if you can't get another one in that building and they want in that building, God's got a problem. Not you. And then he's going to move and give you another space. It's the faith that's inside of you. Would you stand with me? It's what God wants to get his hands on. So that he could do a miracle for you. And so that he could do a miracle on this earth that you live and reside on every single day. And so I say this to you today. Obedience is an expression of faith. If you obey, it shows you've got faith. And if you are not obeying, you must not really have faith. Because anyone that has a true faith and conviction and belief about something will demonstrate it by obeying. Right? We're in a fire company having church. There's a miracle right there. And I love it. Man. Now, this is an incredible building when you really look at it. But it's here because there were some construction workers that had faith in a plan and they obeyed the plan. And boom. Now, there is a God who's got a kingdom plan and he needs a church to have faith in the plan and obey the plan so he can raise it up or bring it here. So you and I must demonstrate our faith by obeying what the Lord says to us. Now, there is a written word and it's for everybody. 
And then there's a spoken word. That's where God gets real personal and He just talks to you. And if you have faith in the written and the spoken, then you should obey it. So if God's been talking to you about some things in your life lately that He would like to remove through repentance, and you have faith in what He's saying and repentance, I think it's time to repent. If God's been talking to you lately about baptism because He wants to wash your sins away, and He wants to set you on a new course, So he can do some spectacular things in your life. And you have faith in that baptism and what he's saying to you. It's a good time to demonstrate your faith and obey. If God's been talking to you lately about your worship. And he's been saying, hey, I love your worship, but I'd like for you to take it up a notch. And you got faith in worship and that you've heard from him. It's time to demonstrate your faith and get your praise on. Right? If God's been talking to you about your prayer life, and he's saying, all right, I'm tapping you. I need you, and I need more. And you believe in prayer, and you believe that he's spoken to you, it's time to demonstrate your faith and pray more. Whatever it is, it's go time. Demonstrate your faith. Let God get his hands on your faith by obeying. And watch what the Lord will do. Now, a few minutes ago, we prayed about the kingdom. The word tells us to put the kingdom first. Does it not? We put the kingdom first. Now it's our turn. So here's what I want to do. It would be crazy for me to talk about faith and a God who wants to demonstrate his power and not let him do it. Right? So here's what we're going to do. If you're here today and there is a mountain in your way and you're ready to deal with the mountain, we want you to come up here. We're going to pray with you. Is that okay, Pastor? I'm going to slide this back. Well, I don't know if I can or not, but I don't want to break anything. There's not a top on that. We need some space. That's my intent there. Thank you, gentlemen. If you're here today, we're the church here today. We're not going to put you in an odd spot. We're not going to make you uncomfortable. But if you are here today and you are facing a mountain, Jesus can help you with the mountain. Thank you so much for those who've come. There's plenty of room if you want to come today. Because Jesus will help you and he will move some mountains for your life today. And he will use that with the faith that is inside of you. I'm telling you, there's nothing God can't handle. I think we're going to be baptizing somebody in a little bit. If you're here and God's been dealing with you about baptism in Jesus' name, you ought to change your life today. We're ready to baptize one. We can baptize two or ten or twenty-five. Whatever we need. Now, here's another, here's another thing for you. So some of us are coming today for our mountains. Remember I said with your faith you can open the windows for others. If you don't have a mountain today, but you know somebody who does, stand in for them. Because your faith can move their mountain today. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. I believe what I preach. And today I preached the word which says with your voice and your faith, you can speak to a mountain. And a mountain can be moved. 
I believe on laying in hands, but I also believe you have tremendous power inside of you as well. And I believe that if you start crying out with your voice and your faith and you speak specifically to your mountain, whether it's a sickness or a disease or finances or marriage or family or whatever job, whatever it is, you can start to speak that according to the word of God and God will hear that. So what I'm saying is we're doing this together today. Okay, we are all going to raise our voices and we're going to raise our faith together and we're going to begin to speak to our situation. And I want you to tell it. I want you to do it with conviction that it's time to move out of the way. You have that power inside of you. Tap into that anointing and that power right now and begin to speak to it. I'm going to pray with you. Are you ready? I see some people are getting it. You're already stirred in your soul. That's what we need. We need to be stirred right now. Let something rise up inside of you that starts to stir you deeply right now. That gets a hold of you. Stir up some conviction about your mountain right now. And let the anointing start to brew inside of you. That's it. That's it. That's it right there. Come on. That's it. Now, let's begin to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. Use your voice, church. And speak to your mountain right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We stand upon the Word. We take that measure of faith that we have been given. And we unite it with our voice right now. And we speak to our mountains. We speak to sickness. We speak to financial challenges. We speak to job issues. We speak to relationship struggles. We speak to our mountains. And we tell you to be cast into the sea in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray the Spirit of the Lord would get a hold of us right now. And that something would be stirred inside of us. God, demonstrate your power. Demonstrate your word is true by hearing the prayers of your people right now and moving mountains out of the way. That's it, church. Come on. That's it. In the name of Jesus. That's it right there. Speak to your mountains right now. Tap into the authority that you have and use your faith right now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, we speak to the mountain. God, that there would be liberty. That your virtue and your power would flow through, God. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. That's it, church. Come on, win that battle right now. Win the battle with your faith. In the name of Jesus, receive your miracle right now. Receive the peace right now. Of Jesus, we speak to that mountain. Be removed into the sea, O God, and demonstrate your glory and your power right now. In the name of Jesus, that's it, church. Come on, that's it. Speak to your mountain right now. In the name of Jesus, we speak to the mountains right now. I pray your glory would bless this life right now. That's it, that's it. Let the Lord draw something out of you right now. That's it, church. That's it. God sees those cries. God sees those tears. He hears your voice right now. And He sees your faith. Oh, Jesus, right now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
Jesus, demonstrate your power right now. Jesus, use your word to grow our faith that we would be closer to you than ever before, oh God. I pray you give us strength today, Jesus, to be obedient, to demonstrate our faith through our obedience to your word today, God. Hallelujah. That's it, church. That's beautiful. That's it. Be who God's called you to be. Speak to the mountains today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.